Hey, what's up? I'm Joel Madden, and this is Artist Friendly. On today's episode, I'm talking to Mike and Tom from MXPX. Let's go. I don't want no bad times. I don't want to have bad Kind of feels like we're back in school. Seeing, yes. Seeing some old classmates. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a minute. How's it going? Man, it's good. It's good. Just uh, doing all the stuff for this new record. Yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been a it's grind. Been a lot. It's been a lot. And we're really happy. It's like, Great. you should be happy. Yeah. Do some more work. Yeah. But yeah. how long has it been since we've seen each other? I, uh, I, I, mean, I saw you, you in the UK. Yeah, I saw you briefly. played in Seattle what, like five years ago. Or yeah, something like that. yeah, yeah. But it's been a long time. It's been a minute. Yeah. It's yeah, been a few yeah. years. Yeah, that's crazy. You guys look the same. So do you? Yeah, you look great. Thank we all, you. We all look the same. It's awesome. Drink a lot of water. Get a lot of sleep. Yes. Absolutely. Sleep is the key. I don't get enough sleep, but I'm trying. I'm like trying to turn over that that leaf. Just gotta commit to it, man. Yeah, you gotta schedule it. I think. I. I mean, I get six hours at least every night. I'm a good seven. I'm like six to seven. But seven is like, seven to eight is golden. That's like, When I don't have to get up, I usually get seven and like yeah. wake up normal. So I'm like, okay, I'll just plan for that. Yeah. That seems like what my body wants. Yeah. But you guys are, and I'm going to show this because I'm really excited, especially knowing now that you guys are, is this your first self-release? Second. Second, okay. Second self-release. Yeah. How's it feel? We did. Uh, it's awesome. We love it. You know, we did. You know, our self-titled in 2018. Yep, and that was a completely different landscape than than the world is at now. Yeah. So like now coming into 2023, self-releasing this, you know, a lot of people ask, why do you self-release? A lot of it is because we found we were just doing a lot of that work Anyways. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So we just, you know, the the risk reward is different. So for yeah. us, we'll we'll risk a little more, but we believe in ourselves. Yeah. So that's why we self-release. We're doing the work, so let's just take that, take that bag. So, I don't know. It it it's it sounds more glamorous than it really is because it is just getting out there every day and telling people about the new songs. But also, you know, it's funny we're talking about this because I've just this morning was on an email chain. Doesn't matter who or what, but an indie label has a band, signed them young, early, not a good deal from just being honest. Right. right, yeah. And now the band wants to change the deal and it's fair, it's fair. They're not actually even saying we don't like wanna work with you guys. They're saying we just want a fair deal. That's why I think self-releasing is powerful because you realize that well, a lot of times the indie labels are worse. They do worse deals than the major labels. It can, that can be true, absolutely. Because a lot of times the indie labels are first on the scene early, right? They're like, they, they're, they're, their networks spread out a little bit more deep in the roots of like a, these bubbling scenes and things like that. And by the way, I'm not against record labels, not against indie labels, sure. right. not against major labels. Yeah. I am against bad deals, Yeah, unfair deals, of course. And I am for good deals. And I love it when I see labels make artist-friendly deals. And there are a lot of labels that do. But the nature of it sometimes is if I meet a band early and can get them to sign a bad deal, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Still wrong. Yeah, to we, me, that yeah. is just wrong. It doesn't There's, matter when you met. And then they can argue that they've invested all this time and money into developing the band. 
some of that can be true to a dis- yeah. degree. But nowadays, the bands do most of the work. Yes. And you guys are you guys are are living proof. Uh, you've probably seen every kind of deal, but you're oh. you've self released your last two records. Yeah, and you're doing all the work because you know what you're doing because you've released records. You've done so many records. You know how it works. There's no there's no there's no mystery to you about how to make a record, put a record out. And you have that, you believe in yourselves, you're confident. You're confident in like, yo, this is the work, we're gonna do it. I think sometimes bands come in early and they're like a little confused or they don't know how it works. And it's, oh, yeah. it's not that complicated. Yeah. Yeah, when you're young, you don't know how to put a record. I didn't know how to go in the studio and record or anything. So it's just like, you just go, oh, someone else will take care of it. We're just excited that it's happening. Yeah, yeah. it's almost the easy part. But going back to what you're talking about, like I feel like there's with major labels, indie labels, self-release, there's not one right way to do things, right? Like right. You, you can always find a really good edge. Yep. You know, I, I feel like bands and anybody that's doing anything creative uh, with a team on your own, whatever you are, find that edge, find that fringe, find that thing that that is what you're wanting to do, but it's a little bit outside of what everybody else is doing. Yeah, And you can find your niche. You can find whatever it is that like gives you that edge over, I, I don't want to say competition. I mean, I guess you could say, attention you know we're, we're competing for attention that's it but yeah I, th- I think also when you do it yourself you can just try things that someone may not really think is a good idea and you gonna but i think this is gonna work and so no one's there to tell you now also think because we're independent as well so we we self-release yeah right dope um we every win feels like a win the little wins for us now feel more important like now i don't think that we think like we need to have the biggest song in the world we i just think we're excited for any kind of good any good result we get Mm -hmm. and i think that that has been one of the biggest things for us is learning like how to celebrate every fucking every win a sold out show or you know, even though we haven't played in five years, we're going mm. to play. <laughs> Dude, we're going to play yeah, that. We're, will we're, be we're talking yeah. about touring again, and we're nice. like, we we are actually just the idea of touring is like, I don't know, man. We're 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 thinking like special, special, special. So we just think like, let's do like fan focused shows. Let's do smaller shows. Let's do things that feel good, and yeah. that feels like winning a yeah. win to us. And especially if they're like a fun, just different event. It's not just, oh, another show like that people are going to. If it's something interesting, and I don't even know what that is off the top of my head, but like those are the things that people just grab onto. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to think about it. You got to figure them out, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe the show is just the fact that they haven't played in five years. Like, well, yeah. Anybody's yeah. going to show up. You, you get a freebie but on the first one. We were talking yeah. about just how or early in the car on the way here about how just how good you guys were when we toured together. Oh, uh, it was 2000, thank you guys. And that kind of like made us like perk up and go, okay, we need to like pay attention to our live show. Cause we, you know, you come up as a band and you, you, you do your songs and you, you know, you have your new album or whatever, and you, you just do what you do, but then you see something different and you're like, okay, these kids are like coming up behind us, nipping at our heels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't a competition thing. It was just like, oh, that's possible. Like that's a really good way that they break down the crowd. They get everybody singing all of that. So your harmonies were just always just like, perfect every night yeah. you, like, you guys, guys were you guys were a better band than us at the time we were just just focused 
just That's like takes, we too. just wanted to like make it and yeah. we were just trying to get in front of as many people and you guys were one also one of our favorite bands and i'll never forget it because um when i i saw you guys play on life in general at my brother's place oh yeah the cop this <laughs> okay. like is that waldorf waldorf or? yeah, yeah. <laughs> random ass place booked you guys yeah. right and it was a packed show right and it was like the closest i'd been to any band like any touring band like i remember my friend was like the runner or something and i like rode in the car <laughs> I, I rode in the car with him like taking i forget i want to say it was maybe was that, was that when you guys took me to staples yes. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah 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 and i like was just quiet in the back just hanging, hanging out but like that was the first time where i saw that like a real person was in that band that i had their cd their poster you had a music video on MTV and I was like that close to you guys. And that was like such a pivotal moment. Wow. What were you doing at Staples? What? I don't even remember. <laughs> you we, needed we to, some, we, a fact, you needed to like fax something or yeah, copy. We, we talked about some, this over the years. I don't even remember what yeah, I was doing. It was Why a, was I going yeah. to Staples? Mm. Well, back then it was, we were in the van still. Yeah. Like, yeah. Definitely. And we were probably doing our own tour managing, whatever you call it. Totally pre-internet, pre-internet, oh, yeah. like, you know, there was, it was all analog. Mm -hmm. Oh, we were definitely driving by an Atlas and getting lost every city we ever went to. Yeah. I can't imagine how much easier life would have been if we had like a, a phone with a GPS just to like take us right to the club every single time. Oh, we're going to be there in 14 minutes. Adventures just changed. Though. Oh yeah. Like it was the, definitely an adventure and it's fun. There were so <laughs> many fun stories. Like we got lost in Philly one time. And we're like south of the airport or something like that. And Yuri's driving. He's totally confused and he's freaking out. He's like, which way is north? And we're like, uh, that way, I think he got out of the van and was standing there, like practically hyperventilating because he couldn't figure out which way was north. And we're, it's like that just doesn't happen anymore. No, no you don't need to know which way is north. Who yeah. cares, right? <laughs> we're like, we didn't care. Like, who cares? Yeah, we were, just, we were like, just go. We've been here before. It's we'll off that it way. We tell bands though all the time, like before iPhones, before social media, mm -hmm. like you had to put posters up and hand out flyers and yeah. go to malls and try to find kids who look like they might come to your show. Like it was yeah. as simple as that. You were just trying to like, like promote each show day of the show at, and you would book these little menus. Yeah. And it was all just like, it was all hand to hand. Did you walk around high school with like a back pocket full of flyers? For sure. Same, and like same, demo yeah. tapes yeah. and you know, we'd throw our own shows at like FOP lodges yeah. and all that stuff. Um, and, and to think, Today you can you can go you can you know do things on social media and you can really promote things. Now, like you're saying, there's a lot more noise to cut through, oh, so yeah. it's harder in some ways. But in other ways, you know, it's easier. iPhones obviously would make van, the van touring a lot easier because how many times did we oh, miss a fucking turn? Yeah, yeah, and go an hour. You had handwritten. It's always the wrong way. You had handwritten directions from some guy, and it was always backwards. Yeah. We got to one point on a tour. We got to where we just did. If it says right, go left, and yep. we got there quicker. <laughs> Dude, you remember Oklahoma City? Yeah. Your birthday? Yes, March eleventh. <laughs> my twenty second birthday. Was oh it twenty second? Wow. Yeah, twenty two or twenty one or twenty two. I thought I it was twenty one. Twenty one, maybe. Yeah. Because we were on tour. Yeah, it was 21. If it was your 22nd birthday, you guys didn't take advantage because you were like, yeah, we've never really been to a bar. Like, am yeah, I right? It might be 21. And we were playing pool. Yeah. I met my wife that weekend. Really? That I'm still married to now. 
That's right. How wild is I that? I totally forgot that. That's yeah. where you met her. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. So thanks. I, you um, guys were yeah. part of it. Dude. <laughs> that was a birthday I'll never forget. That was that was but also I think it was and it had to be 21 because it was such a big deal. I remember yeah. like that was such a big birthday. Um I can't believe I would I would forget which year it was, but I remember that birthday very clearly. Uh cause you guys kind of like taught us how to go to a barn. <laughs> well, we were how to only, like go big. We were literally only a couple years older than yeah. you guys, but but you we had, had way more miles. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take long once you turn 21 to like if you're on tour. Yeah. I mean, I think Yeah, I mean, being the, on tour, yeah. The night the night that Tom turned 21, we were in Florida. No, we were in Chicago. Uh, Chicago? Cleveland. 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 Okay, so that's the the night I turned 21, we were in Florida. Yeah, it was the same and tour. And we drove and we same tour, partied so hard that Tom was puking in the toilet the whole bus ride and saying, make it stop. Oh, yeah. And I was hungover, but it was it was the night before my birthday. So the whole next day was like hungover and then we had to do it all again. Yeah. So like, okay, if this is drinking, I don't know if I can handle this. <laughs> but b back to the, the origin of that tour, the first time we saw you in that little ass venue, that now doesn't exist. I mean, it was like a <clears throat> little place, but getting to see you guys was like for me and like actually that close to, like it was all a mystery to me until then, right? The curtain was pulled back. Being able to like see real people like, and then watch the show and the show was, was amazing. It was nuts. Um, and I'm sure you guys probably just did little punk shows like that everywhere at that oh, yeah. time. Just like, mm -hmm. they were all nuts. There was like, 500 people packed into a place that holds 200. Every night was chaos. Chaos, yeah. yeah. And um, that was the one of the key moments I give a lot of credit to for me where it clicked like, oh, we could do this. Like we could actually do this. Like mm -hmm. this is possible. Like other yes. other people are doing this. Yeah, yeah that's um, a huge moment to have as a kid, like to realize. Yeah, oh. at like 15, 16, I think at the time. And then we got so em emboldened to like go for it and push harder. And um, so then to get the tour with you guys, like a few years later, like 2000, I think was that tour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And to get the tour with you guys was such a huge deal for us because you guys were like one of our favorite bands. And I'd say like one of our formative bands, you know, like I think uh, you guys and, and uh, like Rancid was another one that we just like loved. Yeah. Um, but you guys were a big one. I mean, you guys were one of the main ones that when we first started that Good Charlotte was like, like following, modeling after. Just, it, 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 it made sense to us. Like, like it was, the, and it was that show. I'm telling you, was seeing that oh, yeah. show, seeing the van and trailer, seeing like the thing in real life and how it was functioning. And going like, oh, this is possible. This is how you do it. Because we didn't really have a lot of access to other bands sure. down there. Yeah. And we didn't have a lot of information. And um, and then going on the tour with you guys was was like, we were so focused because not only did we want to make it and we were trying, but then also it was you guys. So we wanted to impress you guys every night. We wanted to like, you know. Well, you did it. We were, we were just <laughs> chasing <laughs> after your fucking... Uh, it was cool. Good it job. was a yeah. really, it, we, I've said it to you guys before and I'll say it again. 
it was a very pivotal tour for Good Charlotte, that MXPX tour when you guys took us out, had us open. And I think it was Neil that gave you guys the CD or something. I don't know. Like, remember Neil? J I think it was JJ. Or JJ. JJ, because he was out in DC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he was the first one. I was like, you got to check this band out. But Neil came to a show, another show, when we were playing, like, it was us, Newfound Glory, Phoenix TX, Lefty. There was, like, four okay, or five bands area, on yeah. this, like, little punk band tour or whatever, pop punk tour. And we were playing some, like, Jersey venue, sweaty ass Jersey venue, and Neil was there. Okay. And they, they were like, he tours with MXPX, and we were like, here's our CD. <laughs> Can you listen to our CD? So, so, anyways, we end up on on tour opening for you guys not shortly after that, like a few months after that. And then, you know, we've known each other ever since. Yeah, yeah it's wild. It's wild how quickly things would happen back in those days. Yeah. If like the timeline of this album to this tour to this, and then going overseas and, it's wild. Everything just happens so quickly. Yeah. Just fire. And I think, you know, bands do, there are bands nowadays that get big really quickly. And that's like, that's their version of yeah, whatever viral. was happening back then. Yeah, viral. It was viral. So it was viral back, you know, back then, but it was what, analog? Yeah. So. But it would happen fast. Like, like, it's interesting though. Like how did, how did kids, how did kids share? I mean, the internet was there. It was message boards and stuff. Yeah, it was a lot of message boards. It was mixtapes right yeah 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 i mean when i first got into music it was a similar thing like being inspired realizing i could do that myself that moment and it was started with local bands and then i went and saw all which you know all descendants yep. didn't really understand that whole thing until later but seeing them in person and, and at, a, at the okay hotel in seattle and then oh there's like bands playing shows of all kinds it's not just you two it's you two you know in in the Tacoma Dome or wherever I saw them, the Zoo TV tour. Yeah, um, the Pixies opened. You know, so like that was one That's experience. Like legendary I had. though, and, and it yeah. was like amazing. Legendary shit. It was amazing. I mean, yeah. That inspired me in one way, but then also going to the garage and seeing like a local punk band show where they put everything on themselves. They rented a PA. Yeah, they strung together amps. You know, and we did that for our first show. Tom wasn't there yet, but we did that for our first show. We just got all the practice amps we could, strung them together. And made a PA out of it. Made a you PA. Know? It's just that's what bands do. That's, that's what kids what do, do, right? Yeah. So, and then Tom finally, you know, he joined the band on the second album. He literally, like, I was like, "Hey, start learning how to play guitar." <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a night we were riding around uh, Mike, Yuri, and I, in like Yuri's mom's car or something. They're like, "Hey, we don't think Andy can tour, and we really want to go on tour." I'm like, "Oh, what do you do? You gonna get?" And I started naming all our friends that played guitar. I played drums at the time. They're like, "Well, you got a guitar. Why don't you learn the songs?" I was like, "Okay." How I mean, old were you guys then? Uh, like 16. Oh, my God. 15 or 16. You guys started touring at like 16, right? No, uh, 18. 18. Uh, just 17. freshly. Were you 18. still in high school? Right just, out of high school. Yeah, right so our so senior same. year of high school, we yeah. didn't make it to like a full week of school. We were constantly driving out or flying somewhere. Just, right. West just Coast mostly? Happening. Mostly. Mostly. We flew a little bit like to like the East Coast, but it was, it was a lot of just like, you know, please excuse Tom from school on Monday. He's flying home from Nashville or something, you know? Right. Just and our parents were cool with it, and the school was like, "What, really? Okay, whatever." Yeah, well, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, but it was it was starting to happen. We just, we literally we graduated on a Monday, shot our first video on Tuesday, and then went on tour for a couple months on Wednesday. Yeah, straight out of high school. It was it was planned. Like we knew we were just counting down the days to get out of school and go. And you guys were in Bremerton. Yep. 
Remington, Washington. Yeah. Born and raised. Me. Went went to Central Kitsap High School, which is in Silverdale. So it's like this sort of, I don't know, it's like water world, right? right. Picture water, the movie. It's like that without Kevin Costner. Um, but there's water everywhere. So you can just kind of like drive around. But it's a beautiful area that that we definitely didn't, didn't necessarily love when we grew up. Right. It was a Navy town. All the Navy guys would like beat up on like the regular kids, you mm. know. And, right. But nowadays it doesn't feel like that at all. It feels right. like a totally normal, like everyday city that anybody could kind of have a chance living in. Right. But um, the world's gotten a lot more connected. It, yeah, it's yeah, so connected yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's different than than it used to be. I mean, that's how I feel about the place we grew up. It's small, but it's connected. Everything's more connected now. I think you go back and it still feels like you know your original like home kind of thing. It does. It does. Yeah. It does. When I go back, it does feel like still feel the same a little bit. And there's something about that place that I always wanted to leave. So when I go back, I still have that same feeling. But I have a nostalgia for it that yeah. I appreciate, and I definitely like enjoy it every now and then to go back. Right. Absolutely. And but it's very leave. far away. And you get to leave. And then you leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, That's the best part of you. <laughs> yeah. You can always leave. And I, and I, and, and also just feel like now it does feel like the world's smaller, more connected. So I never feel like I'm far from home. If I wanted to go back to Maryland tomorrow, I could go back tomorrow and spend three days there and get my fill and then come back here. And so I don't ever feel, but at the time, you know, obviously in the nineties, it was a different time mm -hmm. when we were growing up and uh, it didn't feel so connected. So you did feel far away. It was It was hard to get like, felt like that anyways. And maybe money is a big part of it too. Like having the money to like go. Sure. Of course, of course that helps. New York or whatever. Helps a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, when we were flying down our senior year of high school, we'd come down to OC at least once or twice. And those shows yeah. were huge. So we've always done really well down yeah. in SoCal. And everybody always thought we were from down here because of our sound. We yeah. sounded like a surf punk band or whatever. Yeah, same with we us just kind of. Always loved that style and always loved that. So we're, you know, we're finally, we're coming back to the Hollywood Palladium. Oh, you guys are- January with, 6th. Oh, great. It will be there. Come on down. I'm gonna come. come. I will come. MXPX, Less Than Jake, Reliant K, great. Smoking Popes. Yeah. Tickets are on sale now, but it's gonna, it's be, gonna awesome. be a fun show. Yeah. That's a great lineup. Yeah. We're, we're stoked. So we like doing those kind of big events, especially down here in yeah. where, you know, it's sort of like our second hometown. We feel like that anyway. Yeah. We just always just, just spend so much out. time down here too. Yeah. Yeah. We, everybody always wonders like, why didn't you leave Brent? Like we were just talking about hometowns and it's just like, we just feel like we spent so much time down here. We probably should have. But I don't know. I think MXPX, it's like part of our brand to be in Bremerton. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It just, there's a pull, there's a pull there that just keeps us. Anchored. I think you gotta be the, so my, the West Coast to me, I just don't think you can go wrong, right? Like my probably like favorite town is probably Santa Barbara. Yeah. Right? Like that's quiet. Beautiful. It's yeah. mellow. Simple. Yeah. Um, but like, I just don't think you can go wrong on the West Coast. But I'm also not from the West Coast, so I go to Seattle, and or Oregon. Yeah, go to Washington, Oregon. I'm happy in any of those places. I always feel like I'm like for whatever reason when I'm on the West Coast, and I, I live in LA. But that's kind of a function of like my wife's from here, sure. my parents are here. Mm -hmm. You know, we we settled down here and the and had our kids here, and then they got, you know. So I always think like, when, I wonder if we ever leave LA, like, cause it's hectic, it feels a little hectic here sometimes. 
And if we did, it would just be to some other West Coast, smaller West Coast yeah. destination. So once those roots get further yeah, exactly. down, it's just hard to hard to move. Yeah. Yeah. Your kids got friends here now. And like how do you Dude. yank them? You gotta have a real good reason to yank them out of the school Dance and all team, that. Yeah. Baseball, like all the stuff. They're like, no, nah, we're not leaving. I yeah. think just do what I do, just buy a second house somewhere else or third yeah. or fourth or whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. Just That's do it. that and then just do go that. there yeah. a month or two a just, year. Exactly. It feels like a vacation, but you're still yeah. working. So it's, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, when you guys were growing up in, um, in Bremerton in the 90s, I mean, the Seattle thing was the thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. How did that affect your guys' musical like roots? Was, were you connected to that at all? Did you get into the, the Nirvana, Pearl Jam? Yeah. I mean, like we were kids in the early 90s. So, like, everyone liked that. I mean, it was just like Nirvana happened. It was like, yeah you know, like mm -hmm. i don't listen to you know metallic anymore this is all i listen to right but like it was seattle was a weird scene back then it was a 21 over scene like okay. all the clubs were 21 over so by the time we got to see bands like nirvana soundgarden mud honey they were playing they're already like, big they're playing huge places already right. because those are the, the only places where you could have kids right come to shows so like all that stuff all those pictures it's all these clubs we play now that are all ages now but there was different laws back then but it's just it was a different kind of thing, but it was also the kind of thing where like Yuri and I at the junior high we went to, you could stand up on top of this hill and like look over and you could see downtown Seattle off in the distance. And we were like, that's where it's happening over there. Right? Over there. there. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, like it was like the center of the musical universe, but at the same time it was like just across the street, really. And 21 and up. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, 15, I feel like we couldn't go to shows. I think it's probably subconscious in a lot of ways, but like wanted to be part of that scene, not being part of the scene because we're too young, made, I feel like I, because of that, maybe I latched onto that Southern California sound, something that's a little further away. Yeah. But almost more attainable because it felt younger. It felt like this is the wheelhouse I, I can live in. Mm -hmm. So for me, like getting into punk rock, I still liked Nirvana. I liked grunge, you know, from what I heard, you know, Mother Love Bone and tree people all that I, I liked all that but but i really really latched on to that melodic socal descendancy style punk rock oh yeah we were talking about how music used to spread right i got a, a friend from junior high she brought me a tape of descendants liveage one day i was like oh you should check this out i took it home and i'm instantly i'm like okay this is the new everything to me this is, <laughs> the this new is everything it. <laughs> this is it this is what i'm into then the next day she's like oh here check out bad religion no control and i'm like Okay, this is like, what is this world? I need to, I need all of this. So it was, it was back in the old days too. It's like, you know, no YouTube, right? So like we would literally, you get the catalog in the CD that would yeah. have the, and you'd be like, um, I don't have that one. I'm just going to buy that one. And you bought and it. Sometimes just it was just like, you go to a shop that had band t-shirts and you'd see one that looked cool and you'd be like, yeah. what's that band? Yeah. And then you get in and then you check the band out and it'd be cool. Like, um, it was a trip how you would find music back then. It was just so hand-to-hand -hand sharing with people. Um, but I think there's something to that, though, like the age where the music in Seattle was happening and it was an older crowd. It was 21 and up. And yeah, it was yeah. like it was like that scene was like, it kind of like in D.C. There was this like the D.C. hardcore yeah. like scene. Super cool. But you weren't really a part of it if you were under a certain age. It just wasn't like, like at the time in the '90s when it had gotten big, and everyone knew about it. It, it wasn't so easy for like a 15 year old to go and like go to those shows and feel like, 
oh yeah this is yeah you'd get trashed yeah. yeah yeah you'd get it was kind of like that with us too like we were getting into hardcore and punk and we we're like and all the kids were older than us yeah and we started as a band mxpx we were always the youngest band and so yeah. by the time you know we we're a little bit you know had a few years we we're still young we we're still kids you know we yeah. still like learning so like it's funny how that we should be the type of people that would be like okay we've been doing this for a couple of years but we're literally still just like turning 18 yeah so and back then you know you didn't have all the self-help videos online yeah no things telling you okay do this no. be confident get that swagger all this there was none of that it was all just you could listen to music and you listen to like your older brother your your sister's boyfriend or whatever yep and he would like tell you the wrong things for sure yeah <laughs> and they would tell you yeah that's how it but i do think that there's something about like pop punk and the southern california kind of little bit new jersey but really what i where i feel like it was born was kind of like southern california it feel, feels like that pop punk was mm -hmm. and like there was something more attainable about it like as a young kid it felt like you could do it it felt like you could yes and it felt like you fit in because sometimes you'd go to the hardcore shows and i remember trying to find my way in in dc and it did not feel like i was cool at all like i did not feel cool enough to be there i definitely didn't feel, feel tough enough to be there so you go there and you're kind of like 14 15 yeah. and you're like what do we do how do we how do we get in here and there's something about that pop punk that made us feel like we could do this and we fit in and we and like people accept it and we it, the whole thing just felt more like user friendly for us to actually find an identity as a band because we couldn't like we were never going to be like the screaming fast punk band just we liked it yeah, yeah. didn't feel that easy yeah. for us to like do it though it's so hard for bands and artists to like kind of like find who they are yeah and be comfortable with that even if you find who you are to be comfortable with that and yeah. and, and even the the i would i would i'm speaking a little bit for other people but i feel like a lot of artists that you feel like are the most confident there's something behind there they're just like they're not yeah they're just trying their best to be which is just as good half the time right they're doing like, a better job they're doing a better job so just because they look like they got everything together it yeah. doesn't mean they do but Who that's does? okay and yeah. that's okay there's nothing wrong with that it's just like obviously be your best self try try to be your best self i i don't i i think that like no one has their shit together you're right i think like we just get the older we get the more um zen we get about it <laughs> yeah like we're we're always gonna have some shit to figure out it, like this year you're worried about some shit that you last year you can't remember what you were worried about last year yeah all the shit i guarantee it if you like stop and go okay what am i the most worried about in life right now let me just like think of the list and you could probably find like five things that you're the most worried about like you've been obsessing over it in this time in your life. If you go back a year or 18 months, guarantee you were obsessing over something else that was oh, yeah. felt just as heavy, that worked itself out, right? For me, when it comes down to it, what I realized probably just recently, like in the last couple of years, health is wealth. If everybody's healthy and everybody's okay, we don't have any real problems. right? Like those are the real problems. And so like, if we're going down the list of like the checklist of like, is everything okay? Cause, cause I do think also like we have a tendency to like have this bias to look at life in 
from our perspective of is it good or bad? Am I seeing the world in a good way or a bad way? So do I think life is good in general right now? Or do I think it's bad, right? That's going to be literally my perception and my my experience of the world is going to be what I perceive it as. So if I think it's bad, I'm going to experience it in a bad way. Yeah, plus you get caught in a feedback loop of everything's bad, then you see all bad. the bad, then and it you're, makes yeah, you feel you're, like it's you're even worse. Yeah, you're finding evidence of yeah. bad. Yeah. And so like I and I had that for like and I wouldn't say it's an it looks it's dramatized when I when I compact it all into that one statement. I wouldn't say that that's always how I was all the time, but I had a tendency to fall into like a pattern of like looking for the evidence that things could go wrong, that things were bad. And I think it was childhood shit, right? So I had to work through that, but I did. I've you know been working, I've been in therapy for 12 years, okay. dedicated, work, 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 yeah, right? Like yeah. just, just get those patterns right. Confront. Yeah. And now I kind of got to a place where like, to to be kind of zen about the whole thing and like the real question is are we all healthy are we all here okay most important okay we are check now if and there now there's four people in the equation so you have your you know for me it's my wife and my two kids for you guys you have your family units however many people are involved in that it could be like your parents or whoever's really connected to your family unit then you're gonna have to also kind of like check in on their how where their head's at. Cause if one of us isn't happy, then all of us kind of aren't fully happy. Mm -hmm. I think, right? Like functionally as a unit, we yeah. like all of us you need feel to kind of you can feel it kind of you can feel it. Yeah. You're like, so so that's becomes part of the like work is like how do we like get everyone going on the same in the same direction and in the same kind of like having the same experience we're having a good time we're having a good life that's to me that's the work of family is like each kid's going to be different they're going to be like inclined to feel a certain way and you're going to have to try to nudge them a little bit along if one of them's all the way over here or one of them's all the way over here and try to get them to a place where i think they're like calibrated in a way where like life is i think life is good if we're all healthy and we have our basic needs met. Yeah. We have food and shelter. Yeah. But it sounds st stupid, but like, I actually really feel like, cause when I try to track what I'm stressed about this year, and I will easily fall into a loop of a pattern of, I'm stressed about this. I'm not getting enough of this, or I'm not doing enough of that. Mm -hmm. But I always have to get myself out of that pattern. Cause it's like a, it's like a default for me to find the thing to protect us from or to work against. And like, get over to the Zen part where I'm like, no, nah, everything's good. I'm gonna be, of course I'm stressed about that, but I'm going to be stressed about something else in a year. Yeah. We always find like when you solve one problem that just makes other problems. Just, no, it just makes be, room become, for other yeah, problems. It makes room yeah. for other problems yeah. or whatever it is. There's just always going to be problems. I'm not saying don't solve them, but yeah, it's very real, very real. I think it's like get comfortable with the work of solving it that's it and just like get comfortable in that zone because if you are you will actually progress as a person but if you're constantly like running away from the work part and you're not progressing and solving problems then you're kind of just like running around in circles avoiding perceived problems yeah i think humans are made to solve problems yeah part of why we're here whatever i don't know why but 
that's just it fulfills us it gives us you know hope goes okay i can live another day you know we always talk about or not we but just humans in general like i can't believe i've made it this long but like if you really think about it like we're just built to like keep going we're built to fight we're built to try and so it, it surprises me when people don't you know yeah so that's why we all love that america you know not the american spirit the, the human spirit of conquering our demons of pushing past what we thought was going to be the end well 100 and bands are great examples it's like a living example of a group of people putting getting together and doing something almost impossible conquering something <laughs> because it is when you think about it like it is it is virtually impossible to have success with music it's like a magical to most people they're like how would i even write a song Right. What's the new statistic on like how many people are in the business and how many people are actually successful making a living doing it? I mean, I bet I, I'll Nick. I wonder how many um, artists are uploaded to Spotify every day. How many artists are on Spotify and how many songs are uploaded daily, weekly, monthly, whatever? He'll he'll check in a minute and we'll find out. Because when you see the numbers, I think you actually would go like. Oh, it's you do, staggering. You almost don't want to see the numbers. It like ruins your like, I don't know what world we artists live in that makes us think that we can like put out music to people, to the public, but we do like that kind of thing. You don't want to see the stats of what you're up against because it's so crazy. We shouldn't be focused on that anyway, right? Like as but an artist. You but you should acknowledge what you've done and that helps True, yeah. you know crystallize the size of it because i think uh even like when you think of athletes right at each level the athlete gets to the numbers go down music's different so anyone can make a song and upload it and they're and they're an artist now and those are though they can have success like there's breakthrough successes in that in general but what's the number as of 2022, 100,000 songs daily. Hmm. Uploaded to Spotify. Yeah. How many artists, artists are on Spotify? Total artists. Millions. It's got to be millions. Yeah, it's got to be. So 100,000 new songs a day just on Spotify. That's why. Yeah. That's a, a rough day. Business. So that's almost a million a week. 11 million creators. 11 million people competing against for the attention of, right, yeah. of of the audience. When you think about that, just let's say uh, 2.8 million songs a month, 20, uh, what's that? What's that like 28, 30 million-ish yeah. songs a year? Just songs. Just songs. Uh, 36 million. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so we, and we put 36 out, we put million yeah. songs a year, right? That you're that you're competing for the attention of, right? Not again, we always say in music, it's not a competition. No, it's not a competition. But we're we're running in traffic. Yeah. And we're trying to find our lane and then we're trying to so the sheer numbers and the difficulty it is to stand out. And then to have a career over time. Now, if now now I'll bet you anything when you look at those numbers, and then you start to dial in what a career looks like, an accomplishment of, of careers, right? And so, if you look at the metrics of a career, from 
you know, d- these days it would be streaming. How, how many how many streams do you have? Mm-hmm. I bet if you looked at yours, you would be in the 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 low percentile, right? The successful artist group versus millions of other artists that are yeah. trying or have tried and failed, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and who knows why, right? Um, I have a theory that work and talent matter, but um, if you look at that and then you go, okay, what we accomplished as a group, three guys in our support system, um, or us, five guys, um, is pretty incredible just against the numbers, just against the numbers, right? Yeah. The thing about music is it's kind of dis it gets dismissed as not complicated, especially our kind of music, right? Mm-hmm. Like and and our ages when we started, like we, right. we're young and we don't so we're not necessarily like people aren't taking us as serious as maybe some tech founder or some other founder of a brand or some, you know, when you think of like just from an entrepreneurial perspective of like what you have to do to start a band, get get relevant, become relevant, have success, sell tickets sell albums, get streams, all the things you have to do to stand out against all these artists. It's it's just like, I don't even think you could do the math on what the odds are. I think it's it's just getting noisier the longer the longer it goes for it. There's just more and more content. Like if you think yeah. about like back in like the really old days, like Beatles days, like if you were on TV, that was it. You had made it and you had a record out. And there, I mean, I don't know the numbers, but there was like three channels. Now, if you're on TV, cool. There's 800 channels. You know, like it's just there's and so much. even watching those channels. There's so much more going on. Yeah, well, YouTube's the biggest, you know, broad broadcast yeah. network mm-hmm. in the world, and there's millions of channels. So, again, yeah, you're against, you're up against a lot. Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, the way the way we've tried to break through the noise is by doing these live streams. And what we realize is one, the live stream itself is us playing live, actually live. And because of that, people will let us play anything. They'll let us play a new, you know, the, all the new album straight front to back without yep. going, play punk rock show, play Let's Ride, play, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, because it's a different setting than going to a face to face in person show. So for us, it's really worked. And then to not only do that, we brought in a bunch of friends, a bunch of partners, and we broadcast it on their stuff, like Warp Tour. That's dope. Yeah, I mean, Zebra I saw Head, that. Simple Plan. I like, saw that. It was like on 30 different. I would have asked you, but we were already coming on your show. So I was like, I'm Dude, not gonna push should've. it. I would have done it. <laughs> we'll do it again. Okay. We'll do it again. Next but time. Our whole thing is just like, let's just try something different because we're such an indie type band. One, it's not going to hurt anybody else because we're not, you know, whatever. But, but two, it's just break out of those little bubbles that we all have on the internet. You know, the MXPX bubble of fans, Good Charlotte has bubbles and, you know, all press, all of these. So thank you for, actually we did, we did all press at Adobe Radio. So thank you. Um, It was great. It it really, it's kind of too soon to even tell, but I think um, just the the sort of like ripple effect, you know, just getting to that extra person that you never would have got to, getting yep. to that extra person over here on the alt press YouTube. So like that, that's very real. And 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 if you stack up a thousand here, a thousand here, pretty soon, like our first couple of days was like just on ours was over seven hundred thousand views. Wow. And and by now it's got to be you know triple, quadruple, and it just starts stacking. That's really up. smart. Are yeah. you guys the first person to do that? 
I mean, I don't know. I think more we people were. should do that. I think That's we were dope. in the way we did it, yeah. where we were going not just on our own, but going simultaneously. It's a mu- a live. multicast. And well, yeah, we I would didn't... shout out to all our friends on there. So if somebody was watching on somebody else's, they would get to know that Less Than Jake is yeah. doing a tour right now and selling out a bunch of shows. So if you're going to go, don't wait, get those yeah. tickets. Things like that. Yeah. Like just, they're helping us. We want to help them. Yeah. And the whole yeah. idea, like, I didn't get it at first when it was pitched to us, like, when we were talking about it. I was like, I mean, won't it just be the same people? But then, like, when we were actually doing it, and it, it, clicked, it clicked in the middle of a live stream, honestly, when we were doing <laughs> it. And one of the uh, one of the comments came up, and someone was like, I keep scrolling through Facebook, and this stream is on every single channel. What is going on? This is crazy. MXPX is taking over the internet tonight. And I'm like, oh, okay. I get it now. This this totally clicked. And I'm like, this is kind of genius, actually. So we're just, we're just out talking to friends. You know, hey, you know, known you a long time. Can we throw us off in your channel tonight? Sure, why not, you know? And just that's just a random that's awesome. weird thing that it clicked. That's yeah, we awesome. hope we hope more bands try it. I mean, why not? I mean, the the the, the for uh, I believe and I bet on it big and I really believe in it is live streaming is the future of music and uh, and, and and not li- not the future of shows because people want to go to shows and yeah. have a show. It's different. Mm-hmm. But what we've seen is a in the last couple of years, and especially uh, obviously COVID accelerated the live stream idea. Mm-hmm. It, so for people, us, big time. People yeah. kind of, it clicked and they were like, oh. But what now bands are starting to see is like the live stream doesn't take away from your live tickets. It's a whole different audience. Mm-hmm. It's everyone who can't be there for, an, for a bunch of reasons that like are real. Mm-hmm. So you have people who have mental health issues, people financial, they can't make it. Location, obviously number one, yeah. they can't actually be there. Uh, people with all different kinds of things that that keep them from going to any concert. So what we see, also you have people around the world who have never been able to experience your band live that now have experienced it in some capacity live and they got a little glimpse into what that might feel like. And the, the importance of that is this. In other places in the world that were not that did not have access until the last couple of years to live because of a bunch of reasons. Smartphones now, more and more people every year, the, the amount of people that actually have them goes up exponentially every year. So places mm-hmm. like India, places like South America, that that more and more people have access to, uh, to music and the chances of you touring there are low. Yeah. Right. So they're getting, uh, getting with the live streams, they're getting to experience this music that they never have. And, and so what I think bands are starting to see is like, just like streaming when we, we kind of in the early 2000, 2010, 2011, when streaming really started to get organized, you know, when it first showed up and it was Napster and LimeWire and all that stuff, people were, were essentially, they were stealing music. They they weren't stealing it. They were ta- they were getting it for free, um, and the industry at large hadn't found a way to monetize that. Now, obviously, the biggest strategy is streams. Like, yeah. how do we get playlisting? How do we get? So streaming is in a place now where it's completely, uh, uh, probably one of the more important metrics how you would measure how something's doing right i don't think it's the the metrics of success because we all i i also see uh 
it's interesting bands that stream a lot but cancel tickets mm -hmm. bands that don't stream as much but sell a lot of tickets and sell way more tickets than uh than you know if we looked at our streaming numbers they're probably not as high as some artists who uh are are popping in the streaming sense yeah. right now but they can't actually sell tickets tickets are, tickets are hard to sell you have to earn those tickets of course you got to go and tour yeah and once you build a real fan base and you sell real tickets, you can sell tickets. There's a lot more to it than going out to a show. You know, you got kids, you got to get a babysitter, you're driving out, you're finding parking, all that stuff, <laughs> yeah. right? But like one of the one of the my favorite parts about the live streams that started happening right away is people would put up videos of the live streams on in their house, and there's like their six year old kid just dancing their heart out right in front of the TV. I'm just like, that's so cool, that's yeah. so fun. Like, and now, so what I'm saying about live streaming though is. In the future, every band is going to live stream. They're going to live stream. If not every show, they're going to live stream once a week, twice a week, whatever. They're going to have a, a, a schedule, just like a TV program, of when they live stream. And the future is going to be live stream to the world. In the 90s, we watched baseball, football, basketball, whatever was on TV, whatever was programmed. And now we go on the NBA app and we go, okay, I want to watch the game tonight, where is it streaming? And we just watch it through the app. Yeah. yeah. Same with MLB. Yeah. If I follow, you know, I follow the Orioles, but I don't live in in Maryland, um, and I don't even have cable anymore. I just stream everything. Yeah. I, I stream all my right. TV yeah, movies. Everything. Like, so I want to watch the baseball game. I go on the MLB app and I find the stream, right through the profile. That's going to be music. That's going to be in the future. Bands are going to have like a, a broadcast schedule of. 10, 20, 30 shows a year for their fans around the world. And those shows are going to happen at different times. So different, like, like this show is streaming because we're in this country. So these fans in this part of the world are going to tune in that can't come to the tour or whatever. Yep. But like, that is the future. Like, just like streaming in, in, in the way it behaved and the way it grew, live streaming is going to become like an organized, functional part of everyone's business. We're just yeah. in early, early days. Yeah. And what you guys are doing is showing like proof of that. Like we're taking this and adapting it to our band, how we need to use it, yeah. how we see it for us, which is pretty genius actually like we're letting our friends stream it through their channels which is amazing it's like let's let's feed this out to everyone's audience whether you know if they if they like similar things as mxpx because sure. also what you're probably experiencing is young fans who have never got to see you play mm -hmm. and aren't as familiar but know your brand like they know mxpx but they never dove down the mxpx like rabbit hole and then they see the stream they see the stuff and they dive down and they find, you know, your records and they start digging and like that's the fan experience. Yeah, then. think of live streams like a like an egg that we're putting into our basket into our nest, and then we've got live shows. We've got now live streams. We've already got streaming audio. Yep. Which we were kind of late on streaming audio. I'll, I'll be honest. Mm. We we all were. We got. I think we had like on the cover uploaded first by the record label Universal. And they uploaded all their old records kind of late, like all at the same time. And nothing yeah. was, nobody knew about it. And so by the time, and, and then our 2018 record, self-titled, we didn't even really pay attention to like Spotify and the playlists and all that. And then right after the record came out, when the songs were actually doing pretty well and Let's Ride was doing really well and the video, and then it was on the Tony Hawk video game. Yeah. 
that kind of like opened our eyes like whoa we need to pay attention to this egg you know yeah. streaming egg and so i think when the live streaming thing came about we jumped on it like let's not sleep on this like we did on regular streaming let's yeah. let's pay attention to it and you can't pay attention to every single thing that comes about you but know? you can find your you find version you of how you're going to participate and how you're going to like adapt it to your thing yeah the great thing with streaming too, live streaming, like the band just actually playing in a room is the first show, kind of expensive setup. We bought a bunch of cameras and a bunch of gear and stuff like that. Second show is free. Yeah. You know, just, just pay pay yeah. our people, of course. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, so the, the hardware costs <laughs> are just, hugs. it's done. <laughs> yeah. It's just done. Paying with like, hugs and- Yeah, hugs. That's all good. But yeah, like, so we basically set up a little TV studio in our studio and now we can just do it whenever we want. That's dope. We, we sometimes we sit at practice and we're just practicing like a Wednesday and we're like, let's make sure everything works right going live hey facebook hey youtube we're just on right now we're gonna play a couple songs just to make sure our stuff still works let us know how it sounds and just like throw a few out there and people get stoked because they're like it was wednesday night i was making dinner and all of a sudden like you popped up on my feed and i was like whoa what is this and just like a fun little hey we're still here like, yeah that was dope just you can like random. troll people but in a good way yeah like, that makes them happy instead of bummed yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like reverse trolling yeah reverse trolling yeah <laughs> I mean, why not? The world is a crazy place. People have like negative experiences every day, daily. And so if MXPX can be the, the source of some opposite of that, that's what we want. You know, we love that. That keeps us motivated. It keeps us going. You guys have always been that way. I think we try. I think that's just how we're positive. built. Yeah. That's how we're built. Yeah. Super positive, super easy, easy band. Not always. Always cool. Back, back, you know, behind the scenes. We. I mean, maybe to yourselves. <laughs> yeah. Always like every band that comes in contact with you guys loves you guys. You guys have always been like the coolest. I mean, you, again, like I would say that tour that we did with you guys in 2000, um, we did the whole U.S. and it was a, a, a really good amount of shows. I mean, yeah, it, was, it, was it was a real solid couple like two and a half months or something yeah like yeah it was like a real tour um and every night was sold out if you remember yeah, that it was, it, was, it was a dope tour yeah and we learned like i think that we that's where we really learned how to tour well we talked i remember talking about that on that tour you guys were planning your first headlining tour after that like in the spring or whatever yeah and you were like you know what should we do we're thinking about doing this and we, we would talk just throughout the day and like yeah i remember you guys were just so excited to go out and do it and like it was it was great. It was fun, dude. We were. It was fun. It was fun to watch you guys because it was just starting to happen for you guys. I'm like, this is so great. This is so cool. We were stoked, and that tour was one. I mean, unforgettable. It was one of my. It still remains probably one of my most important tours. I mean, it was really like one of those. Um, it was one of those moments. Just everything, the experience, the what it did for our band. I mean, was amazing. We gave gave us a touring fan base. Uh, in my opinion that was awesome yeah we we always look back to a few tours and that's definitely one of them um especially for me personally you know meeting my wife on that tour but, yeah but yeah um you guys man like you guys always had it we always knew that as soon yeah. as we first heard your cd not, hadn't even met you yeah we were just like these guys know how to write songs they got something going on and then the fact that you brought it with the work ethic i mean that's honestly what it takes people always ask how do you how do you be successful and it's like you just don't quit because if you quit you're not going to be successful but yeah i mean it doesn't mean out. you can't quit something a part of something i'm not saying that but yeah but 
in whatever way we've just continued to to write music continue to do shows continue to like we've gone through some pretty insane ups and downs as a band what's been the biggest know, up the biggest up i mean i think right now being on your show <laughs> uh, putting out yeah, this new album this is the pinnacle <laughs> moment right here I mean, we're loving life right now but what do you what do you think i mean most- this is one of my favorite episodes because we actually really know each other yeah and i've had a, people on here that i know but like i don't actually think people today know or think about 20 years ago and like how important that was right before tech right before all the everything was the changing. world yeah. became what it is now and it's a different world it's just a different world it's like that was still kind of old-fashioned in a nice way with some modern touches right good charlotte is like sacred ground for me because those guys and us together um you know we've been together now for what like tw- uh 96 to I don't know, like all 26 years or something, or I don't know, whatever, yeah. 26, 25, 26 years. That's sacred to me. That's like a marriage in itself to be in that oh, band yeah. together. And the success of that band opened the world up for me where I never thought I'd have a chance to be anyone in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the building blocks of that career were touring and staying together and making records right writing writing good songs but touring and i really give that mxpx tour that good charlotte did um those early tours but that one in particular really gave us a lot not only did it give us a fan base of people that got into our music and we shared a lot of fans after that tour but they were your fans right they were your fans first and and they came we they saw us with you guys that gave us a touring fan base, but also like how to tour the right way, how to treat other bands, how to run a tight crew that all treat each other a certain way and yeah. like how to have a good touring family is so important. You go to some tours and you see it and it's chaos and it's not a good time. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. always we always wanted to pick bands that we just would want to spend a couple months with too yeah. and hang out with and like listen to every night, you know? Like there were, there were tours when we'd get like, okay, here's this list of bands that would like to go on tour and it's like, I don't know, like, but these are these guys that are my friends that I like, and I want to take them instead. Like, I remember way back, it was before, it was maybe a few months before the tour, but I saw you guys play in Seattle somewhere. I came back and met you guys and just said, hey, and like, I remember watching you guys that night, and I'm like, this would be so great every night. Like, this, this, this is, I could live this for a couple yeah. months and just seeing these guys play every night, and it was awesome. Yeah, the decisions are definitely, weren't business decisions back then. It was all oh. about what's going to be fun. And that's kind of, I mean, that works too, like half the time. It does. It's, it worked with us. Worked with you guys. You know, doing things that just you feel you're drawn towards, and just how many how many of our guys told us about you? You know, it would just kept coming up. And like, will this be cool? Will this be a good time? Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. that to me is like some of the purest decisions you can make for a good brand and a good thing, like a good a good any business really. Like, what's their experience going to be in the restaurant if we do it this way right. versus if we do it that way? Like that's you know, at any scale that actually I think always matters. It's like like what's the experience going to be? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, yeah, that that's you're showing maturity by that because I mean I remember never thinking about the experience when I'd make decisions. Nowadays I really try to like go okay, what's it like? Yes, I want to do it, but then you think about 
what's it going to be like? And then, <laughs> you know, for me, you know, but like Tom, Tom wasn't even going to come on this trip. And I was like, dude, we'll be fine. It's with Joel. And he's like, oh, Joel? Okay, yeah. I'm coming. So I think it'll be fun to go see Joel. And How say, early did you guys have to get up today? Oh, we flew down last we, night. We, oh, okay. No, yeah. we're good. Oh, we're good. good. Yeah. Okay, good, good, yeah. good. Did you guys have dinner last night or do anything? No, we got LA fun. No, nah, we got him pretty late. So just straight to the hotel in bed. Yeah. Um, I mean, as much as you can do that. But yeah. 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 And back home today, like back on a flight today? Yeah, fly back home tonight. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we usually just trip. come down real quick, do a few things. That's, I mean, that's the thing. Like we talked about why did we never move to LA? It's right here. It's like a two hour flight. It's not hard to get here. Yeah. It's really not. And it's convenient. It's right here. And I can go home to... You know the green northwest and right. all the water and everything yeah so yeah we're all just doing life and and making records and and it's good dude i, I love seeing your place it looks beautiful thanks man it's we it, we we love it here we have a lot of fun here you get stoked when i see friends of mine like being successful and doing well too it's like you know like some people look at like you were talking about, like competition like you know like well if they have that like then i can't but there's plenty of everything to go around like i'm stoked when i walk in and see this and this is you guys spot it's awesome thank you i i i love it i think we're we're like we live in our own bubble and we just work on like it's like we just work on these like in our minds they're just like little projects that we believe in um they're actually like it's actually just a bunch of people too that like are really talented and we're just this the group just keeps growing of talented people who have good ideas who most of the time we're just like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds cool. You should do that. Like, you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I think it's, I think it's, um, and I think we're still learning how to be, how to be ourselves. You know, I think like, that's the, that's the process of all of it is just try to like, do what you think. It, I think that, that like, we get hyper-focused when we're young on how to be big, maybe like, or how to be successful. I don't know. And what we, for, what we lose is the first thought we had, which was to make that thing because we thought it was cool and we liked it or it made us feel good. Somewhere along the road, we start getting caught up in the size of it, maybe to everyone else. When you're young, you you want your band to be big because you want people to see and hear what you do. You want to feel more important. And do all that. But then like, I think your your definition of big changes over the years too. Yeah, it's like exactly. now I'm like yes. to me to me to me <laughs> to me big is like being important to someone's life. And like when people come to the show with their kids and like I remember we played in Orange County earlier like last year or whatever, but some guy was in front with this kid the whole time and they ended up like meeting us after the show and I'm like, You're a good dad, man. That's rad. Like he's holding this kid up in the front row the whole time, the kids screaming along and it's just it's awesome. That's to me, that's like that's big. That's life stuff that's core memories for that kid and with his dad that's cool i agree and i also just think like cool is a thing yeah like sometimes Mm -hmm. like i love it when brands do limited drop limited feels better to me like i I like smaller shows personally i'd rather you know i don't know so yeah me too i mean i love it i'd rather go to a show at the palladium than the forum i would Mm -hmm. rather do that to me that's a all day long i'll go to a show at the palladium and I, I know I'm going to enjoy it. I'll be at your show. January 6th. Put in your phone right now. January yeah, 6th. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got you. But I just feel like that's a better show. I just feel like, I mean, like, 
and, and even that, like, that's a big show, but it's, but, but it's not arena. It's not going to be removed. Like it's still kind of human. But you're still in there. Right? You're yeah. still in your face. Like it's yeah. still like you can get you can get active at that show. Um, and then like I'll go to the Troubadour all day long mm -hmm. if there's a love show it. at the Troubadour. Like I love a show at the Troubadour. You can hear the stage more than you can hear the PA. Oh yeah, my god! It's yeah. to me one yeah. of the best places to see if you can see a band. Like they just every now and then we did a show a couple years years back. 2015 or 2016 we did a show at the troubadour and it was still one of my favorite shows because yeah, it's just yeah. feels so like the stage is right there people are right there on you it's there's no separation yeah. that know. place better sticker i mean like of all the the landmarks in hollywood some come and go or whatever but that one's still strong and every couple of years, there's always some article that comes out. Like, Might be selling. Save the Troubadour. Yeah, yeah, save yeah. the Troubadour. I mean, it's tough for Dude. venues, man. It's yeah. tough. But it's one of my favorites. Yeah, that place is great. Yeah. When's the tour start? Well, we're doing shows. We're doing Furnace Fest coming up, headlining Friday night, September 22 at Furnace Fest. Oh, cool. That's kicking off sort of like our first show since the album came out. Okay. Then we're doing When We Were Young. And then we have, we have some shows we haven't announced yet. Okay. So we're, we've announced... Palladium, Hollywood Palladium, but no tour. But we're gonna Just do we're gonna do like a ha a bunch of weekends. Like we're gonna be doing more shows than we normally would do. Right, and it starts in twenty twenty four. So good. I can't say anything because of radius clauses and um, right. some of the Got support it. bands have some things. So we're just but we will be announcing everyone soon. Good. Yeah. How's it feel playing shows? Oh, it's great. It's it's. I mean you know, get out on stage, that that instant feedback from people when you play a song and they know it and their hands fly up or like when the song's over and they're just stoked, like I just heard my favorite song. Like, you know, it's just that, that, that yeah. instant connection with people and the feedback of them getting excited and you getting more excited and putting more into it and they're getting more just. It's a drug. For me, yeah. I mean, physically just, you know, trying to stretch, trying to feel more limber, going out on stage and having that mental whatever it is like i'm here don't mess it up let's go like i get pumped up and yeah. i feel physically stronger more limber mm -hmm. like i could jump over a you know burning building you guys look fit and but thank you you definitely thank you look so fit you definitely look like you're like tour ready oh. we're, we're like ready. Stage I mean, ready definitely definitely stage it's not ready. always the case like yeah. you know it's not easy these days to just like Keep Stay. stretching, kids. Yeah. Keep yeah. stretching. That is, is stretching everything. your your secret. I mean, it's it's pr probably the most important thing. You know, if I couldn't do anything else before going out on stage, I think stretching would be hmm. for me the most important. Warming up the voice is kind of important too. But. I got hernia on stage. Did you? And actually had to get surgery. Were you not stretching properly? I wasn't stretching. <laughs> yeah. No, like stretch. serious. Yeah. Like had it Ooh. from stage. Had it for ten years. Didn't know oh, that that no. was what Didn't it was. know it for the first five years. Yeah. And then I found out it was hernia, right? And it was, I remember the day I got it. I remember I climbed up something and jumped and landed wrong. And like my body uh, caught itself or whatever. And I, and I, I got a hernia. It was crazy. And then didn't know what it was, but I knew I got injured a little bit. Definitely felt it. But then it would get a little worse. Mm -hmm. every now and then that same injury would be like, oh, it's that part I injured. That's when it's kind of scary when it's getting worse and not better. Dude, and then like five, six years in, oh, onto a doctor, I was like, I got this, you have hernia. And yeah. then five years later, I had to get surgery. And it was three, actually. Oh, man. Ooh. And then, um, but never been better once I got surgery. That's good. Great. Good. 
back. And that's in. that's a good that's a good thing for people just to hear too, like to take care of yourself. We're talking about being fit and being healthy, right? Like if something's got you, just if it's bugging you, it's hurting, whatever, get it checked out. Yeah, go to yeah. a doctor. Talk to a, someone. Don't do, don't just go on WebMD and say, like, oh, I'm I must so have not gas. A, I, and I'm not a doctor guy. Like, I'll avoid doctors because oh, yeah. I don't want yeah. bad news. Yeah. Like, if I avoid it, it'll go away. But um, all the people out there that are listening that are trying to improve their own, you know, experience, whether it's their health or they're building a business or going after an art, you know, they want to be an artist of some kind. Um, all the things we share are they're they're getting information for free i think it gets them there faster i think that's the hack yeah we're putting the game plan out there for everyone everyone every time we talk about it like all you gotta do is listen to the to the new people coming up pick up the yeah and pick, pick up, up what, the little details yeah try this try that find what works for you i mean there's no like i said earlier there's no one way to do things and trying to just do things exactly the way somebody else did it, it might not work yeah but you can take elements of what somebody does and apply it to your own situation so like with us we have a certain situation and why we don't tour as much or you know when my kids get a little older maybe we'll tour even more you yeah know, or whatever but but for now it's like we have our situation and it affects in real time you know the types and the amount of shows we do and and what we work on but perfectly happy doing that it works for you guys and, and then as that changes as your life changes you can adapt in different ways and and play more shows or who knows but how do you guys like the shows now or do you, you feel like they're rowdier as rowdy no they're they're as rowdy i mean it's you funny you guys always had pretty rowdy shows yeah it, it, people are getting older but then like tom said they're bringing their kids it's so, controlled chaos so yeah. it's yeah. yeah i mean anytime we go to south america all bets are off. It's yeah, insane. That's down the there. Yeah, insane. And we definitely want to hit South America next year. Uh, we want to hit Japan. We want to hit Europe. Japan's nuts for you guys. UK. Yeah, we've yeah, all done really well there. One of the last times we were there, Benji came up and sang with us. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. But uh, yeah, we just want to hit everywhere a little, you know, as much as we can because it's been way too long. Um, but like you were saying, you know, we, we can work on what, what we want to work on, what we can work on. And... You know, we can't always get to the UK or to, to Europe or, or Japan, but I think 2024 is the year. Yeah. We can do it. I don't see why you couldn't go do like three weeks in UK and Europe and just hit all the key cities. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to try to go to Indonesia. Do you guys go there ever? Indonesia is nuts. Bro. It's, it's so crazy. insane. It's insane. It's like, it's like a hidden gem of like the touring <laughs> it's world It's incredible. Yeah. The shows are incredible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. First one we went there. Yeah. It was this huge show. And we're like, we've never even put out a record officially here, but doesn't matter. They love music. Yeah. They grew up on punk rock. Yeah. 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 It's it's definitely Malaysia too. Yeah. yeah. In Thailand too. Crazy. Yep. yep. Those shows are love nuts. It. Man. Yeah. And, and Philippines, I mean, every like it's crazy over there. And also that part of the world too, they're still at that point where they're just excited you even came. Yeah. Like the first time we went to South America, they were just like, Thank you just for coming to Brazil. We're like, people don't. They're Inventory like, of shows is lower than Yeah, like, exactly. Know, so they're just they're just stoked yeah. you even came. Right. How many years has MXPX been a band? 31. 31, 31 years. now. Yeah. Holy shit. I know. It's wild. I mean, it's almost two. Once you get past 30, it's kind of, it's insane. But so we- So you guys are, are eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Are we? Yeah. <laughs> Just FYI. You have to be a 30-year band? Uh, 25 years from your first release, I oh, believe. Okay. Yeah, we, we should have- So yeah. we need to we need to get you guys on the ballot. Yeah. <laughs> On, I know. Let's do it. I mean, it's. I'm serious. Let's get Mike Shea to help. Yeah, <laughs> I'm serious. He's, he's in Cleveland. 
I'm serious. Yeah. You guys are an important band. Thanks. Really, like, what, I mean, uh, that, so that, many bands. You like, were saying, you were saying the legacy thing, and that's that's to me a huge, like, kind of like almost untraceable commodity is like what kind of legacy and effect you have down the line of bands. Yeah. Like the Descendants, their biggest record they ever sold was maybe 30,000 copies. But 25,000 of those people all went and started every band you listen to. Yeah. In the pop punk world. It's you know? true. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy like how that, the Descendants that, like- that downstream effect of like, you know, you came and saw us play a show and then you started your band and like that kind of just like that perpetuation. It's it's awesome. It's it's really cool to hear. It's it's like one of those things you can't necessarily look up sound scan or ticket sales, but it's it's there and it's real. It's intangible. Yeah. It's the most important part of art is the intangible part. Because we make the piece of art and then we we copy it and sell it. You know, we sell copies. But yeah. like it's a really intangible, important part. But what's the through line that keep like 31 years? What is the thing that keeps think, you guys together? I think honestly, setting egos aside with us, like we fight, we have, you know, friction, but I think we can be comfortable in ourselves around each other. Yeah. Like we don't ever have to worry about somebody stabbing us in the back, saying the wrong thing in front of any of these guys. And, and I think that's probably hard to come by um, when you just meet somebody, mm-hmm. you know, we've known these guys, uh, you know, my whole life, literally my whole life. And, and I think it started earlier on, like we've just always been comfortable with each other. We had a huge fight on our first tour in 1995 on the, on the, at the end. And I wrote a song about it. Um, what was it over? Who knows? We were just no not even, used yeah. to being Funny, in the van right? together mm-hmm. and in the van 24 seven and just like this. And yeah. Ever since then, I think we've just been comfortable with with each other. Yeah. And that. What would you fight about yeah. now if you ever got into a fight about anything? Would there ever be anything you could fight about? Because attitude stuff, just like miscommunication. It's all, it's all mis- Yeah, I was just thinking the last time we actually kind of got like snippy at each other at band practice was just miscommunication. He understood something one way. I understood it a different way. And we were talking it through. We were in like the middle of the heat of no, we're like trying to go and really do this right now. Mm-hmm. And it was like. Well, hold on, and like, no, no, let's go. No, but wait, I want to fix this. But I want to keep going. And it was like, it, yeah. The only time I snap at Benj is when I'm anxious. Yeah. Period. Yeah. If I'm anxious before we play shows, we were probably yeah. anxious. I get anxious before I play shows. Yeah. Yeah. And I get very edgy because I'm like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to look at anyone. I don't want to see anything. I don't want to talk about it. I just feel fucking locked up and anxious. Mm-hmm. And my wife is really good about being like, ooh, like like before we might travel or something. She's like, ooh, a little anxious. Why don't we? Uh, <laughs> why don't you like go and g- grab a coffee and like get your head right before mm-hmm. we have to like travel together with the kids and everything? And I'm like, hey, you want to throw? You're one hundred percent right. Thank you. I'm gonna go, and then I'll come back and I'll be like, thank, thanks, because I won't be aware of my own mm-hmm. fucking anxiety. Right. Like whatever, and it's usually like the worst with with show with five play shows. I'm just mm-hmm. so fucking nervous before 
I feel you. I, I get some of that, like where I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to be around friends. And I'm just like, oh, like I love yeah. my friends. I want, want to see them after the show. Yeah, after but, the show. Like, yeah. let's just, yeah. There was one. It's a singer thing, I think. You're, yeah. you're kind of like focused, like there's lyrics. Am I going to forget the lyrics? And you're like, not in real time going like, whoa, I'm really anxious. You're just going like, hey, hey what's the fucking problem here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, must be you. There was one recently where we're, yeah. we're line Get checking. out of the room. Like, and you're like, it's not. I'm just fucking anxious. Like, yeah. I don't know what to do with myself. But there was one recently uh, at festival where I had to like remind Mike because he was worried that like you know they weren't line checking and we're supposed to be going on right and I had to grab him like by the shoulders and be like this thing we do is fun do you <laughs> yeah, you understand like this we're about to go have a blast yeah, for an hour uh-huh, like uh-huh. this is this is really fun they're gonna check the stuff there's something broken they're gonna fix it right now but once they fix it this is gonna be a really fun night and then he's like he literally was just like looking at me like you're right you're right man and then I kept staring at me he's like. <laughs> Why are you staring at me? Because I'm I'm making sure you actually do get that this is fun. Like you're like the, I will, bro. In yeah. a minute, let yeah. me like yeah. let yeah. me ha- start having some fun first. Yeah, but like that's the same. Benj will be like, "Yo, chill, bro. Like you're kind of being a dick right now." <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I'm now we've gotten good at it because yeah. I'm like, "Yo, dude, I'm sorry. I'm fucking anxious, bro." The more you go through it, he's M- like the, the more yeah in the tower, and I'm on the plane trying to land the plane. Like yeah. I don't know what these controls mm-hmm. are. What. Yeah. yeah, that's how it feels like. It, that's how it feels like yeah. before you go do some shit. Well, I think like the bottom line of it too is it shows you still care. Yeah. It shows you still yeah. care about doing it because like we'll you want to do a good job. You want to yeah. do right. Yeah. And you want to like- You want to hit the ball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't yeah. want to strike out. And and that, that's the thing too is that, like I wouldn't necessarily want it to go away, but I think learning how to like walk that, ride that bike, you know, and not fall off. I think when you crash is when you snap at people when you like act out without but when you become conscious of like oh yeah i'm always a little focused mm-hmm. and anxious before i work on things where i have to be like in front of the camera or on stage right so as long as i know that i can be aware of it and then i can i can make the adjustments i have to make so that i'm not like hurting people's feelings also i think too a little bit of chaos before a show or something like that, it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it's energy. You know, it, it adds energy to it and yeah. adds, it like, it puts you a little on edge versus yeah. if everything was smooth all the time, it'd be boring. Like, let me take your fucking pulse here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I mean, if you were like some giant band where everything was insight. perfect every single time, that's like, really you, good you, have to, you have to act. That's why. You gotta act excited. But like, yeah. when he's tripping right before we go on, like five minutes before and I'm like shaking him by the shoulders, like, that's still there when you go on stage. That's kind of like what you need to go in the ring or to go yeah. do the thing. That's good insight. I never thought about that. I have literally been talking about this and certainly have talked about it before, but never thought I don't want to change it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I want to fix it until one day I'm never going to be anxious before a thing. But just hearing that, I'm like, you know what? I actually wouldn't. I actually kind of need that edge. You use it's it. You find a way to yeah. harness it in a way. Yeah. It works for you. It's working for us, you know, all these years. Like, it, it keeps us going. It keeps us energetic. Like I was saying earlier, some of the best times I feel is on stage. It's because of that drug, that energy, that whatever, you know. Yeah. It, it pushes pushes me forward like, whoa, I'm strong now. I can lift a car. That's how it feels. Yeah. yeah. That's real. Yeah. January 6th. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get to see you guys we'll be see anxious. You yeah. I'm gonna come backstage before the show. Check the anxiety <laughs> meter yeah, yeah, yeah. before the show. Yeah. yeah. How we feeling? Just knock That's on the funny. door like the police. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. What the awesome guys. Thanks yeah. for coming on. Dude, thanks, thanks for having us. Congrats man. on the record. Thank, Thank you. you.
Dude. Great to so see you. So great to see you. You too. No bad times. I don't want no bad Hey, thank you for listening to Artist Friendly. Hope you enjoyed this episode with Mike and Tom from MXPX. If you really like the episode, you can go to Spotify and follow. You can go to Apple and follow. You can also leave likes and comments everywhere you listen to your podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bad.